Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. Well, hello, Brains. How are you? I see you. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney. Right here is the spot, the location, the place where the conversation is pointed and the guests are sharp and the responses are never dull. Another amazing guest from the land down under Australia. We have Gina Callan. Gina is an amazing woman. Do you see all those awards that she has back there on her shelf? Yes, do it, do it, do it. She's the Vanna of Australia. <laughs> really, Gina is really about emotional fitness uh, and helping us regain our lost identity. She is the author uh, and a contributor to an amazing anthology. She's going to read us an excerpt on that. She's going to talk to us also about the power of hypnotherapy. I have a lot of hypnotherapists, but each one has a different technique. Each one of them pours into us differently and helps us reveal a different side of ourselves. So we're going to ask her the benefit of that. Let's welcome her to the show. How are you, Gina? I'm fantastic. Thank you, April. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good, actually. So I am excited to have you here. You are an amazing, amazing woman. I'm so glad that I found you. Um, Again, you're an award winner, you're an author, you're a hypnotherapist. Tell us a little bit more about you and how you found yourself in this space. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. So a little bit about me. I'm currently, as you say, living down under. I'm a, a, a married lady, uh, a nana to three grandsons, and originally a girl from the country who uh, married a guy in the Defence Forces here in Australia and began a journey of uh, now 35 years of marriage. So that's how, you know, dealing with being a, a military wife and multiple moves and all that sort of thing got me quite interested in relationships and emotional health. And uh, after years in uh, uh, working as a registered nurse, I decided to focus more on what was going on in our family. We had a son who ended up being incarcerated and we as a family decided it was time to develop each of ourselves individually, uh, you know, and personally, and also to develop our family and gain some of the emotional health that perhaps was not there and had led to this situation, I think, where uh, one of our sons was, you know, unable to manage in his late teens, uh, ordinary everyday aspects of life and got involved with a group of boys and committed some fairly serious crimes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people kind of snub their nose mm. at the fact of people having someone incarcerated. But brains, let me tell you, Go back through your lineage. Every single person on the planet has either had someone alcohol, drugs, or incarcerated. And as a parent, you feel like, what did I do wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. Once that individual, your child, steps across that threshold out into the world, 
You've given them the boundaries, you show them the structure, but their own curiosity. Each one of us has our own individual journey. So you have seen a lot. Then you've been bedside to people that are sick and dying, but also people that have recovered and are doing well. Tell us some of the success stories that you had as a nurse. Oh gosh, as a nurse, what an array of amazing individuals you get to meet and you, you're there with them through the most uncertain of times and the, the greatest challenges sometimes in their lives and sometimes you're there to see them off from life into, into the, the next realm. And so it's, it's quite a journey. Uh, many success stories I've seen, but beautiful babies born. I've seen people recover from the most horrendous of illnesses and or go out of this realm with great dignity and integrity mm -hmm. uh, and leaving a legacy, which is something, you know, I, I encourage all my clients now, my coaching and hypnotherapy clients to think about what their legacy will be in life. Right. Yeah. A military wife, a military spouse as well. That's not for chumps. You know, you think that the battlefield is what your spouse is experiencing, but you are cooking, you're cleaning, you are the mentor. Maybe your son was going through some of these challenges and maybe they could have been a, a cause of the separation because your spouse wasn't there. Uh, you're also trying to hold down a job as a nurse. You've done all of these things and you still come out looking gorgeous. So I'm proud of you. And I uh, pat you on the back. But now you've moved into a different about the subconscious mind and hypnotherapy and why you chose to go in that direction. Well, our mind is such an interesting uh, force for us. Um, and whenever we talk about the mind and our belief systems, you know, they of course lead to our emotions and they create the, the actions that we take every single day. So uh, our minds, you know, have about 10% of our, our conscious thoughts are the thoughts that we have each and every day and 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts we had yesterday and the day before and the day before. 90% of our thinking though, our, or our belief system lies in our unconscious mind. And so each and every day, we're lucky if we have 10% of our thinking being anything unique. The rest of our thinking is the same old, same old thinking that often is uh, gives us a pattern or a, a mindset that leads to the same old emotions and the same old actions. And, and same old, same old resolution, same old negative self-talk. You know, it's a vicious cycle. Absolutely. And we're not we're not, you know, intentionally doing the same old things all the time. Uh, but we're, we're just not aware of the fact that all our memories and our emotions and our, you know, our, a lot of our critical thinking is actually in the subconscious mind. And so it can be really helpful when we have questions in life or things are not going the way they, that we would like them to go, to really start to spend time with someone who, who can help us with with questioning what's going on and why that might be happening and why our thinking is the same. And then to, to sit in a space of trance uh, with a hypnotherapist as well and to delve deeply into what's going on in our subconscious. Absolutely. Because, you know, you were talking about people um, with all sorts of addictions and um, being incarcerated. The reality is 
for example, that 20% uh, people with with emotional uh, or mindset difficulties associated with, you know, childhood events, mm-hmm. they are 20 times more likely to be incarcerated, 10 times more likely to take drugs, to have mental health issues. It's oh. about 12 times more likely than the average person. So there's a lot sitting in our subconscious mind mm-hmm. that we want to delve into to create the life we want sitting in there like a chicken on an egg ready for it to hatch (laughs) that's right it's no space for sissies but if you've got the courage and commitment to face your fears and doubts and to question what is happening in your life you know there there's only empowerment and reward in love life and leadership that can result you know but courage is a big thing because there's a lot of fear there is a lot of fear of the unknown or what is going to arise after you do that. You know, something I've always wanted to do, Gina, is I've wanted to do a past life regression. Oh, absolutely worth doing. Well, you know what? And I don't, again, on the surface, I don't think that there's anything, but you never know. You you never know. Um, When you first, because I know that you had to go under hypnosis, what did you find out about yourself that you can share? You know, what I really found was a deep sense of calmness and peace Mm -hmm. and a sense of really who I was at my core. Mm -hmm. And that allowed me to gradually begin to take repossession of my core identity, my core um, I amness. And that was wonderful because there were many things that I had neglected and forgotten about and many aspects to my character which I could develop um, to become more joyful and more fulfilled and to appreciate with gratitude everything that I have in my life. I was also able to give up some terrible habits uh, that I had, you know, as a nurse, I think in the 80s here in Australia, I think every nurse in this country almost smoked. And I was able to give away uh, that particular habit, which was really just a habit formed to um, prevent me from feeling numb around my emotions. And it enabled me to move on and and, uh, investigate those emotions. As as you mentioned, is an anthology. And there are many different approaches in the chapters within this this book. But my particular approach was to talk about how anyone can, with support, move from sensing that they are in an abyss to a place of abundance in their life. And I wrote it as part of my healing journey, I guess, as a, a member of a family with an incarcerated son. Uh, and I also wrote it so in, in the hope that it, it might just help one other person out there who for some reason is feeling a sense of shame or guilt uh, that they, they should or could have done something differently or better in their life. Because we are such unique and amazing individuals with inner dignity and great potential, but sometimes we forget this on the journey of life. They do. And then again, the outside influences of people's snarkiness and their judgment. Um, 
before we get started, how's your son doing now? Oh, my son is doing so well. He is and always has been an amazing someone. Mm-hmm. You know, an amazing guy. He's a dad now himself in a beautiful relationship with a lovely seven-year-old who's uh, one of the lights of our lives as one of our grandsons. So he's a wonderful contributing member to society here in Australia. So Um, that'll let you know, Brains, that there is redemption. Sometimes you have to go through the, I tell my kids all the time, some lessons in life you have to pay for. They're not going to come easy. And so I'm glad and send him my best and tell him that I'm proud of him uh, and to carry on and to be an example for others. So as a mother, I know that that was very trying because you have to go and visit him. You have to you know, think about what we're gonna do. You worry about him when he comes back, how is he gonna be reacclimated into society, but also the impact on the rest of the family. Do you have other children? We do. Um, our son, the brother, of uh, our incarcerated son had just completed uh, his training in the Australian Defence Force Academy and he is oh, now wow. a commander of a, um, a, a boat, as we say, the HMAS Albany here in Australia. So he's an amazing guy. Both guys are amazing and very different, but he was wonderfully supportive and grew a lot as a result of what had happened in our uh, and you know with our family's journey yeah so you wrote us tell us a little bit about what you wrote and share that with us yeah well just to set the scene i thought i would talk uh, uh, momentarily about the abyss and so a particular section in this chapter begins as follows it was an impossible reality to tell another soul where I began and they ended at that moment. I was utterly distraught and overcome with panic, shame and guilt, feeling numb despite occasional flashbacks to moments when such disgrace had arisen in a learned response to the most traumatic and challenging of times. My heart wanted to hold any victims of the crimes I'd heard spoken of on the radio, and yet I was frozen and engulfed with the panic of a child, left forgotten and alone in the dark. Although sick to the core from the waves of fear and pain that rolled through my body, I felt undeserving of self-love, compassion or forgiveness. Only a dark emptiness was apparent before me. My 18-year-old son was in prison and somehow I'd let him down. So that's yeah. just providing a little bit of context. Well, we talk to parents and we say that you we let them down. Again, like I said, it it is not it's not on us. And it's so hard to shovel that and let that weigh on the shoulders of the person that's actually responsible. There's a lot of enablers in the world when it comes to parenting. And I love my daughter to a fault. Um, You know, when they say, for example, they're on drugs or they're on alcohol or they're in dysfunctional relationships. What do you say to encourage a mother that finds herself in that same situation? What would you say to her? I would say it is absolutely not your fault. You could not 
have prevented this situation with a son who is on the verge of adulthood and who is able to make choices and create their world, particularly when they do have underlying emotional traumas, perhaps mental health issues. And I say that sometimes these things will happen for very good reason. Mm-hmm. They are not happening to you. They are happening for you. That's right. That's right. That's very powerful. All right. Let's change the subject. Tell us about some of those awards that are on that shelf back there. Well, I have married around about 800 couples, perhaps even more, and conducted many other ceremonies and celebrations of life. And some of the awards are behind me that I've received over the last 14 years as a marriage celebrant. And some of the awards relate to my work with couples on their relationships and to manage their emotional health and fitness within their relationships. So I'm very proud to say, not only is it great fun to go off and conduct a ceremony for a beautiful couple who are about to be married for the first or subsequent time, but it is a real honour to be a part of their story and to write a bespoke ceremony for them that reflects who they are at their core as individuals, as a couple, and often as a family too. Go a little bit deeper than that, because you don't just uh, go in and say, oh, okay, I'll marry you. You really get to know the couple. You really get to uh, help them take a a helicopter view of what this thing called marriage is. How long have you been married? I've been married for 35 years. And I've been married for 38. So that's a whole podcast within itself. (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. It sure is. And, and, you know, you learn as you go, when we fall in love, it's like we're on drugs. We really, we really don't know what we're doing because of the wonderful hits of, dopamine and oxytocin and various neurotransmitters that enable us to fall possibly initially in lust and passion with someone. Oh, yes. Uh, But that, that, again, that lust and passion can be very confusing and disorientating. So what do you, okay, let me ask you this question first. What is one of your uh, secret sauces to the success of your marriage? Well, I think um, it's about, you know, following the first 18 months of our marriage and and the settling of all those hormones. It was really about initially building trust, fondness and admiration, and then creating a, a playing field of commitment where we determined together, you know, our values as a couple and as a family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and decided that we would align with those values in everything we did. So there were, of course, many challenges, many highs and lows in life over the years. But no matter what happened, we always came back together and to those values. They're like our emotional compass. Absolutely. I think one of the successes or uh, contributing factor is appreciation. Me and my husband to this day, we let each other know that we appreciate, like now he, I'm working and he's cooking dinner and I'll let him know, thank you so much for that. And a sweet kiss. Uh, how's your day? You're checking in with the person. You're checking their pulse. Um, you are 
loving that. My situation was a little bit different. I came with, you know, a package deal. My husband had, you know, other children. He was never married before. So we had what we call here in the United States, baby mama drama. <laughs> and it was a lot of drama. But to learn to be mature and make this a blended family and make it work, that is one of my crowning achievements because if I love him, I love what comes along with him. There's a lot of negotiation, a lot of navigation. And so I encourage, because I'm a marriage, marriage celebrant as well, I really encourage uh, my couples to kind of take a step back and sometimes switch roles. Imagine that you're him and he can imagine that he's you. Maybe there's a misunderstanding. How would you have handled it differently? Have a conversation. That one uh, thing is never go to bed mad. Well, it didn't work for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'd be mad for two days. <laughs> but think about what you're going to say because words hurt. You know, Absolutely. keep your hands to yourself. There's no need to do that. And learn to share. You know, really learn to share. Uh, and the family. You don't marry the family. You marry the individual. You have to figure out how to navigate that as well. Because sometimes, you know, you can have the mother-in-law from hell. <laughs> yeah, there can be uh, so many external factors impacting on a marriage and so much uncertainty just in the current world, you know, impacts on, on particularly, you know, younger couples who may not have had, uh, are being raised in families where they've seen healthy functional relationships demonstrated to them. So I like to, uh, you know, teach my couples about what it is to be emotionally intimate and connected. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, you know, being available and responsive and engaged with each other every day and doing the small things. I think April, it's been, there's been a study that's shown that men who kiss their wives goodbye each day, you know, on their way to work, uh, live for five years longer than other men. So sometimes oh, it's good. Mine's going to live for 20 because I get two kisses. <laughs> oh, really? I got to get the double cheek kiss. Absolutely. Uh, you've been a nurse. And so as a um, celebrant, uh, you have also, I'm sure, presided over some transitions, life transitions. I did that and it was shocking to me because once I got my uh, my credentials, my brother passed and I had no idea that I was going to have to be the one to preside and give the last eulogy over his body. What do you say to families that are in that? Because me personally, I don't think that it's the end. I think that it is a transition. Everyone doesn't believe that. I get that. Well, what do you say in words of comfort to someone that is probably in grief right now and struggling? Yeah, now I, I've re just recently conducted a, a, a funeral ceremony for a, a baby that passed sadly five days before it was due. And it was the baby of a couple that I had married. And of course there is for those parents, no rhyme or reason to why this otherwise healthy baby passed. Um, so so close to the time that it was due to be birthed into the world. And for that couple, you know, it, it was important to um, 
encourage them and encourage those grieving with them to understand that, you know, this was a, a human life, whether or not it had been birthed into this realm, that baby existed and is part of the energy that we're all a part of. And we all rely on each other. Human beings, you know, need each other or the collective cannot function. And so this baby really mattered. And for the parents, I always say there is no specific time or way to experience your grief. It will right. simply happen. And, and, know that is, and know that it is love. It is absolute love. love. We are Absolutely. all love. Energy is love. Absolutely. So let's talk about some fun things about Gina Collin. What do you know how to cook? What's your best meal? Oh, I make the most divine uh, vegetarian spring rolls. Ooh. I lived in Thailand for a couple of years and learned quite a few tricks around gorgeous Thai food and cooking. And my, my family say that, that that's definitely their favorite dish. Oh, and that takes time too, to prepare it and, and to roll it and everything. If you were a flower in the garden, what flower would you be and why? Well, you know, I'm, I, I like to think of myself as a very bright and happy, bright pink gerbera. Mm. And, and uh, you know, sometimes they're quite needy as they grow but once they bloom they absolutely flourish if well nurtured and cared for and uh, I've been very fortunate to uh, perhaps be a late bloomer in life Ooh. in terms of finding my core centeredness but now oh. I'm blooming and bright and very very fulfilled and happy. Well that's wonderful. What are three things that you can absolutely not live without? Not the family, not the, you know, the work. What are three guilty pleasures that you have that you can't live without? Oh, I was going to say love, but of course, you know, love comes in many shapes Absolutely. and forms. A guilty pleasure. I do believe that we should all enjoy things in moderation. And I do like the occasional piece of really good quality chocolate. Mm. Couldn't do without that. I don't mind the occasional glass of wine, but Absolutely. If, if you're not a drinker, you know, it might be a, an occasional glass or cup of coffee or tea, whatever mm -hmm. is your pleasure. I say go for it in moderation. And the third thing I just can't do without is regular breaks in my routine, whether that be a holiday or whether it be my moment of meditation and mindfulness. Um, you know, each day, that walk in nature, something to ground me and just make me feel so appreciative of the world that I live in and all the things that, you know, I'm so fortunate to have when so many people are not able to enjoy uh, the, 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 you know, abundance that we have Absolutely. in Western nations like the US and Australia. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um... If you were an appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be? Oh, I think I'd have to be something like, you know, a multifunction cooker because I, <laughs> you know what it's like, April, as a mom, a nana, a working woman, 
Uh, we need to often be in 10 places at, at the same time and, and bouncing, juggling balls. Uh, but, it, you know, I do come to rest and I take little breaks between um, my programming, just as one of those multifunctional cookers does. So, yeah, would, that's me. I would probably be the refrigerator. I just want to chill. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And you are chilled too. Thank you. Uh, what brings you the greatest joy? Oh, look, it, it is family for me. It's, and it's not just the highs that we experience as a family, but it's knowing that with each low, there will come another high. You know, it's that constantly interesting journey that we have through our lives. Um, so, and it is about love. It is about gratitude, forgiveness, appreciation, so many different words I can think of now to explain that love for, for family. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your coaching because so many people lose their identity. They don't recognize who they are. I mean, you can go through 10, 20 years thinking that you're one thing and wake up at 35 and have an epiphany that you are totally something else. You, you metamorphosize, you have rites of passage. You have a change. Tell me a little bit about how you work with your clients in your coaching that's going through the change. Yeah, well, I I work using the emotional fitness framework mm. and, and that has five aspects to it. it. Identity is one of those aspects, but I also help people understand their life stages and, and what they will be going through at different times in their life stages and how they will transition and, and take what they've learned in one life stage through to the next and incorporate it. Their values um, is the third piece of information and their emotional flexibility uh, and perspective on life is what colours our lens, what creates our identity. And so there are these five sort of elements that form the emotional fitness formula. And being emotionally fit is about how we respond in times of uncertainty, how we face challenges in our relationship, in our career and life in general, and successfully navigate our way through the world when life brings its lows in addition to its highs. So becoming emotionally fit is about equipping you, not just with, with, with resilience, but strength and courage to face life's challenges um, and to enjoy the very best relationships that you can have, whether it be within marriage or in the workplace, uh, as a leader in your own life. The ultimate amplifier of our identity and our world is the relationships that we have with others and with ourselves primarily. So I take people on um, this, this journey through these five areas of their life and depending on their specific needs. So of course, we, we tailor the coaching to include mindfulness, meditation and hypnosis where that's something that is, is an area of growth, um, needed growth for someone. And we work with each person on the particular issues that they may be having to face and deal with in their, their current lifestyle. So it's very individual, 
Mm-hmm. I do, of course, have programs in my coaching that I run like everybody else. And, uh, uh, but a lot of my coaching is still one-to-one. And I personally pay a premium for one-to-one coaching myself with other people because I know that enables me to delve really deep. Exactly. Because I was going to ask you, you know, what keeps you sharp and who pours into you? Because you have to keep your reservoir full and you also have to be able to offload a lot of that. Burying people, burying people, hypnosis, coaching, parenting, you know, relationships, your your marriage. That's a lot of heavy lifting. What do you do for self-care? Well, um, self-care is something that really became a priority for me when we had these issues going on in my family because I was suddenly aware of how much I had neglected myself and the example that I was setting for my family. And so now, you know, I do love to meditate. I do love a bit of uh, Qigong in my day that keeps me, you know, uh, strong and mobile and feeling grounded. But, you know, I enjoy the simpler pleasures of life, like walking in nature and spending time holding my husband's hand and still kissing the man that I've been married to for 35 years and who is an incredible support. So we spend time together. And then there's the little things, of course, that hot bath occasionally. Oh, I know. I love a bubble bath. I saw a woman on television the other day. She goes, oh, I don't like to take baths. You're sitting in dirty water. I said, well, you don't have the best bubble bath because I have bubble bath and Epsom salts and candles. And I think it is so soothing. I really love it. And a spa day. I'm a lover of a massage. Every week or every two weeks, I absolutely want to detox my body, relax my mind. I love meditation. Um, and just pacing myself, but being conscious and being aware of the emotional triggers that impact us. It can be the weather, it can be the food. You know, uh, I was in the grocery store thinking about my mother that had passed away and I went and grabbed for the graham crackers. She was the only one that liked graham crackers. I had a complete meltdown. So, but my husband says, well, honey, let me give you something to do. You can push the basket. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I think you what you said there is really so interesting because, you know, within us all, there's a child. There's we, a child. Absolutely. And we could be triggered by things that happened when we were very small, just out of the blue. Um, and I recently, you know, had a discussion with a family member and I was suddenly really triggered around something that uh, this family member and I, you know, had... Um, had been through when we were quite young and I really thought that I dealt with it but the reality you know even when you look and delve deeply at something and you let go and you forgive and and you learn with to function with great gratitude and love there will still be moments when as you say a certain smell or a certain sight or someone just saying something will, will you know cause you um, uh, to allow yourself, I suppose, to go back to where you were at a particular time when you experienced it, it might have been a, a trauma, it might have been a, a time of not even trauma to, to for yourself, but for another person, you know. Just and it can of- also be a time of great bliss. You yes. know, I, 
you know, the, the laughter, you know, I can still hear laughter of my family members and I cook certain foods. And I remember how, you know, my mother used to love okra. I can't stand it. <laughs> but if you come to my house, I make the best and I serve it to you. And, you know, you do that. You are a woman of service and gratitude and appreciation and love and overcoming and resilience. And I thank you so much for sharing all of that with us here on The Edge. Please tell my brains how to get in contact with you, Gina, uh, for your coaching. If you are there locally, uh, maybe you're doing a virtual wedding. People are doing those now too. Uh, you might need a celebrant. Please tell us how to get in contact with you. Yeah, so the best way to contact me is via email. And it's Gina, G-I-N-A, at ambit, A-M-B-I-T, coaching.com.au because I'm down under, as you mentioned. And I'd love to offer anyone who would like to contact me before the end of January. Uh, my, my new year uh, begins with a month of 90-minute pre-sessions for people and it could be a combination of coaching and or hypnosis so if anyone would like to contact me and get in touch with their inner child and with their core centered being i'm here for you wow 90 minutes brains that is an hour and a half i'm telling you that is a, a huge gift a huge gift uh and please tell them that you heard it on the edge with april mahoney we're going to run this interview in many places because we want people to take advantage of that and get to know you on an intimate level. I adore you. Thank you so much for being here on the edge. Brains, let me find my postcard so I can tell you where we are. Do you see this right here? We want you to be connected in the best kind of way. If you're looking to get married, if you are dealing with the loss of someone, if you want to explore who you are in a deeper level and stop dealing with just 10% and get to know the other 90%, this is the person to call. Thank you so much, Gina. Fantastic. Thank you. It was lovely to see you again, April, and enjoy 2023. I will. Bye, brains. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.